It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Hello and welcome to another episode of All That's Jazz. Today our guest is an iconic jazz bassist, a composer, an arranger, and more. He's one of the busiest and most recorded artists in the music industry. He's a seven-time Grammy Award winner, and since 2016, the artistic director of America's first jazz festival, the Newport Jazz Festival, which will be the focus of our conversation today. Our guest is Christian McBride. Christian, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I I appreciate your being here, and I know you're kind of busy and scrambling uh, with uh, Newport uh, just around the corner, and I I must say that I I would assume that uh, this is a little bit more of a challenge than some previous festivals for all parties concerned, and we'll get into that in just a second. But where I'd like to start, Christian, is you and I both know what this is, but tell us uh, what an artistic director is and what your role is uh, for a festival. Yeah, well, every festival has a uh, has a personality. It has a uh, a feel to it. There's something that makes that festival what it is or what what it's known for. If you are booking a jazz festival or if you're booking any kind of festival, you could just easily say, "Hey, I'm going to book." this type of music because that's the kind of music that I like and that's the kind of music I want to present. You could take the role of booking who are the 15 most popular bands in the world right now. That's who I want to book because they're popular and they'll sell us tickets. Or you could have a person that says, I see a particular, uh, I have a particular concept in uh, musically what I would like to present at a particular festival or a particular venue or at a particular club. And uh, that's what artistic directors do. That's what curators do. They just don't simply throw together a bunch of acts. There's a statement to be made. There's something, they're they're trying to uh, create a feel, a rhythm, a tempo with a particular uh, venue or festival. So that's what artistic directors do. So you've been at this uh, at Newport since 2016, and you're filling some mighty big shoes, and uh, those are the shoes of George Ween. So tell me, uh, do you feel any pressure filling this role now after being the successor to the empire and the influence and all the marvelous and beautiful work of George Ween? Uh, Yes, it's certainly a thing that uh, never, to to know that, you know, George Ween basically metaphorically handed me the keys to the car and said, here, you got it. Sure, that's always something that's uh, still hard to believe, you know. But the good part for me is that most of musicians that come to that festival, that, that play Newport, I've had personal or professional relationships with all of them. And that's one of the reasons why George apparently felt comfortable giving me the keys to to the castle because he knows that those musicians trust me he knows that uh i have a relationship with them and uh he said you've been at this festival many times and you know you know what the history of this festival has been and you know you know what my what my concept is and his concept is that he's always presented every style of jazz his phrase was that he presented every style of jazz from j to z 
Mm-hmm. And um, he's seen, you know, what I've what I've done in my career, and what I've and people I've played with. I, I just think he's uh, he's appreciated that. So you've been at this uh, since 2016, if I have that correct. That's correct. So at any time before that, uh, did you feel like, uh, or did you get any indication that you were the heir apparent? <laughs> Not at all. And I use that. I use this example of Newport when I talk to young students. That uh, this really is a a great example of always do your best when you think no one's paying attention, because there is always someone paying attention. You know, you may you may you may not know who they are. They might not say a word to you, but trust me, someone's all always got their eye on you. And uh, George, you know, I had quite a number of artistic directorships before Newport. You know, from 2006 to 2010, I was a creative chair for jazz programming with the L.A. Philharmonic. And since 2012, I've been artistic advisor for jazz programming at NJPAC, New Jersey Performing Arts Center. And uh, as you know, Melissa and I have jazz house kids. And so George has always kept a keen eye on what I was doing away from the base. I didn't know that, but um, Mm -hmm. I'm glad to know that... uh, he was paying attention. Well, and, and attention he should, because uh, like he had the philosophy of presenting music of A to Z, that's kind of like what you are. Uh, you you encompass and embody that, that sort of mindset because you've played with everybody. There aren't too many people in the business you haven't played and different genres, uh, different uh, experimental works and so forth. You've done it all. Uh, and uh, I, I, I think you bring a lot to the table. Well, thank you for that. You know, I, I at first and foremost, I think of myself as a uh, as a professional, and uh, I, I'm a professional. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a perpetual student, and to be a perpetual student means that you learn a lot of things from everybody. At no point do I think I have all of the answers. Do I think I have the best idea? If I do think I have the best idea, I will go to someone who I really trust and say, do you think this is a good idea? You know, so uh, I'm not sure I believe in the concept of uh, complete autonomy, you know, so um, I'm always willing to collaborate and speak with and play with everyone I can because I'll learn something. You know, of course, I can Mm -hmm. filter that into my own personal musical concept. But that's that. That's the feed into that personal musical concept comes from a lot of different places. So once you pick and choose and you assemble everything for a festival, I happened to see you uh, when I was in Newport in 2019, and you were roaming the festival grounds, uh, and uh, I said a quick hello and. I could see as you moved around that, uh, you know, you were keeping a sharp eye on everything and taking it all in. Is that nervous making in any way, uh, just to, to see how crowd and artists are interacting? No. I mean, it, it, everyone that performs at the Newport Jazz Festival, they're old pros. They've been there before. They know what they're doing. If there are some newcomers there, they're so excited to be there, they always perform well, you know, so... uh I mean, fortunately, I can't think of anything where, you know, there have been any clunkers or any sort of 
bloopers or mm-hmm. anything that's gone wrong. I mean, I, I remember uh, the the only thing I can think of is um, there was a photographer or or a news reporter who who took a bad fall on you know at the park, and uh, I was worried that <laughs> she might get angry and try to sue us. But um, you know, I went and found her and was as nice as I possibly could be. And uh, fortunately, she was okay. That's the only thing I can think of mm-hmm. in the last five years at Newport. Well, I think you're very fortunate. But like you said, I mean, there every festival I've ever been uh, or people that I know that are involved with one, there, there's always something. Oh, yeah. uh, whether oh, it's yeah. the weather or uh, an accident or, or something. Right. Maybe an artist doesn't show up. Equipment didn't come in. There was a bus that broke down, and the artists weren't there. And it yeah. it's crazy yeah, it making. Happen. And you know, little 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 things like that, which you can't control. I really, if you cannot let little things bother you, I don't think that plays just into the festival. That just plays into a healthy life. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, if a bus breaks down and the band can't get to the festival, Panikin ain't going to get them there quicker. No. You know, to see if the next band can go on sooner you know and if they can't go up on stage and improvise you know tell really bad jokes you know <laughs> find a dad in the audience and there you go well at least in your case uh, if, if there's not a band there there's certainly someone that can jump on the stage and exactly that's right keep everybody pacified and entertained so this particular year, since we're coming off a pandemic, or at least uh, most of the vestiges uh, of this COVID that we all have been through, how difficult has this been for you to assemble this year's event? Um, fortunately, I can't say it was too difficult because once the uh, restrictions started to lift a little bit, we had to get on the phone. We had to get on the phone fast because, you know, we had to do marketing. We had to get the word out, you know, so we needed to get artists locked up as, as quickly as we could. The bulk of who we have coming this year are artists who we have booked for 2020. And uh, so basically we just carried them over one extra year. And um, fortunately, it came together rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, and certainly it's a great lineup, and I'll, I'll talk with you about that in just a moment. But in the meantime, on the venue itself, are you limited to a capacity? Are you at 50%, yes. 75%? Yes. That's exactly. We're, we're at 50. 50. Yep. So, and that's changed. And, the- and we, and we had made a decision that even if the um, the restrictions were lifted fully, that we would stay at 50 you know, I mean, part part of that is because we we sort of had to, you know, because uh, by the time tickets were sold, you know, we we had to get everything in place at that moment. So, you know, if if uh, you know, say the restrictions open up on June thirtieth or July first, that's too late for us to now say, okay, let's open up one hundred percent. Now you got to get more crew, you got to change the budget, you got to get more bands, so. We're keeping it at, at half. And I think that's good. It's certainly yeah. good for you. It, it's a good entree for the artists to get back into it. And yeah. for us as uh, audience members, you know, this is a lot of virgin territory, so to speak, because yeah. we've been away from it for a year or two. That's right. That's right. And yeah. I, I think that and that's one of the reasons why I feel like we were able to get 
who we have at the festival rather quickly because everybody's ready to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, this was one of those years. Well, this was one of those moments in time where I felt like the idea of having the, uh, you know, the proverbial, you know, the big name artist. I thought, well, yes, it's always nice to have a big name artist, but people just want to get out, you know, let's just book some really great artists who we know are going to give our fans the best experience they could possibly have. And, uh, we're just about sold out for all. Well, Friday sold out, Saturday sold out. We only have a couple of hundred tickets left for, uh, for Sunday. So, uh, it's looking good. Well, and certainly the lineup looks good. It, 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 it's amazing uh, who you've been able to assemble considering uh, the challenges of pandemic. And uh, at this point, your your venue is a little smaller too. You're just using the lawn stage right. and a quad stage? Yes, yes. So how, how does that play into just putting this all together in terms of uh, performances? Well, again, it's 50% capacity, not just for the audience, but also for the bands. So we we always have uh, sixty plus bands at the festival, somewhere between sixty and sixty five. So this year we have thirty, and we usually have four venues where you can go and listen to music. So now we have two. So everything is cut in half. Mm-hmm. And I would assume it's it's got to be not only a little more of a challenge, but logistically and physically to, to put everything out there, but you're doing it now in these times of waning pandemic uh, of doing it in a safe way. Yes. Uh, and you've implemented a lot of measures. Uh, can you oh, go yes. over some of those things? Well, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty basic. There's a way that, you know, if you go to our website, newportjazz.org, you will be able to see that we took a lot of the same protocols that a lot of, uh, uh, concert halls and venues are doing these days where you have to have a proof proof of vaccination card. You can go on uh, our website and you can, when, when you purchase your tickets, you can upload it if you so choose or you can show it when you get to the festival or you have to have a, uh, a rapid test within 48 hours of your arrival. You know, and so... Uh, we're not letting anybody in unless they have absolute proof of, of one of those things. Well, and you've partnered with CrowdPass to uh, help That's make that right. uh, come together, which is uh, kind of a new and unique thing, if you will, to not only uh, festivals, but a lot of venues and places that I, I think is going to be a part of our new normal. It's going to be a part of our new normal. You know, I and I, I feel bad for some of the... Uh, some of the anti-vaxxers because they're they're not going to be able to get into certain places mm-hmm. you know so you could either say okay i'm going to be a team player and do this or you have to at least get a a, a COVID test which is probably much more of a inconvenience than just getting the the you know getting your your vaccine and we're certainly a lot better off, uh, especially if you compare it to, like, for example, a worldwide event like the Olympics now underway. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. It, it, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult, not only for the athletes, but <laughs> there are no 
fans uh, or no uh, audience uh, at any of the competitions. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it's been in a lot of venues uh, for the last, um, you know, since this pandemic. You know, I played the Village Vanguard in in an empty club and just did a live stream. 92nd Street Y in New York, you know, all these New York venues where, you know, I've played, uh, there's there's been no audience, you know. So, uh, yeah, this is very interesting to kind of slowly creep back into what we've recognized in the past as the normal. Well, at least uh, you're providing the uh, the best of uh, of everything that you can under the circumstance, yeah. but uh, you're going to still experience all the things you would find uh, at a festival. You're going to have the beer garden, or in your oh, case, yeah. two of them. That's right. Uh, yes, all of that will still be there. And uh, certainly merchandise and food vendors. Uh, I think you're incorporating a lot of the community or local uh, food oh, vendors yeah. as well. Yep, always, always. So uh, how much of that as uh, artistic director were you involved with or consulted about in terms of setup of the venue? Well, I mean, in terms of, I mean, I, I have no call in, you know, setting up the uh, the the with the municipality, you know, like security and vendors and merchandise and things like that. I, I, you know, I get consulted on that, but I mean, I, that's what the executive director does. I, I'm not interested in playing the bass and the trumpet. I'll let somebody else play the trumpet. I'll play the bass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well said. So, uh, you mentioned that, uh, Friday, Saturday of the event is sold out and limited tickets for, Sunday, but is there any consideration either now or for the future of doing virtual involvement? Well, I certainly believe that that's the way of the future. Um, I I think, at least I would hope that the general public realizes that to be able to stream a music festival is extremely difficult and extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why it can happen in at, at all in other places is because they have very big title sponsors from media companies or, uh, you know, someone that will pay for that. But, you know, if you're talking about streaming a live festival, you number one, you have to get set up for it. That's expensive, you know, with, with multiple cameras. And you have to cut streaming deals with all of the musicians with all of the record companies that those musicians are signed to. So, and you, and you have to figure out how you, you've got to work out the splits between the publishing companies, the musicians. It's really, um, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy task. So when people ask, you know, you, you had a very thoughtful way of asking that question, but when, you know, people kind of just kind of utter well, why don't you just stream it? You know, and it's right. kind of like, why don't you just buy a Tesla, right? <laughs> because I can't afford it. Well, duh, you mean no. it's not that easy. <laughs> Hello, you know. So, yeah, it's not quite that easy. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that and all the dynamics that are involved with it because you have to incorporate uh, all those elements, even like the yeah. artist split and yeah. Uh, negotiations, et cetera. Yeah, there's oh, a lot man. to it. but Now, that doesn't mean I don't think we shouldn't try to figure out a way to do that because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
as I said, there there have been a few places that have, uh, you know, I've I've done that with the Village Vanguard, but I mean, you know, they only have to work that out with with one band. That's not that difficult if you're just doing it with one band. But if you have to do it with sixty bands in a festival, you know, that's that's tough. Um, but uh, that's not to say I'm not willing or uh, am really am curious about how we can make that happen in the future because uh i do think that's a really that's a really smart way in the uh the post-pandemic world that um that could be another stream of income for uh, for lack of a better term streaming is a stream of, of of income well said um and uh we'll you know we'll see what happens even if it's just one stage i don't know we'll we We'll see what we can work out. Well, the the good news, too, is that uh, through the pandemic, we've all seen an enhancement and development of technology that is providing better, better uh, quality of sound uh, as well as video, et cetera. So uh, as someone who maybe can't be on the site, you can at least still enjoy Newport Festival if you're in oh, yeah. Belgium or That's if you're right. in Hong Kong. Uh, but pay the ticket uh, like everybody yeah. else. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Um, I know some clubs are getting set up for that. The Keystone Corner in Baltimore has been doing that. Um, the Village Vanguard, as I mentioned, has been doing that. So we'll we'll see. I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the future. So for now, uh, for this particular festival, is there, besides artists that are available, is there a particular theme or focus or direction you wanted to take? Um, I don't really have a particular direction other than uh, I really want the diverse language of jazz. Every, every inflection of this music that we call jazz, this improvised music, I want it to be as diverse as possible. I, I would like to have as much straight ahead, as much avant-garde, as, as, as many vocalists, uh, as, as, as many electric groups, some crossover groups that, you know, we call jazz adjacent. You know, I want to be able to get all of that in there, you know. And at the end of the day, this is still a business. We still need to sell tickets. You know, we still need to make money to be able to keep the festival going. Well, and you are you are indeed doing that because you you've got uh, that diverse lineup that you're talking about. There's a there's a little bit of everything in there from uh, some new artists to people that are iconic uh, people that have been in the music business, like Mavis Staples, right? Uh, and uh, and then you've got uh, Charles Lloyd, 83 years old. The guy's still blowing a mean horn and putting right. out some good recordings. That's right. Uh, I hope I'm uh, at 83 able to do all that this guy's doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. And he, he still looks great, still sounds great. And, um, you know, everyone from Kenny Barron to, to Kenny Garrett and then, you know, uh, people like Yola, who have, um, you know, she she's more of a crossover artist. She's played the Newport Folk Festival and will also play the play the jazz festival. Corey Wong, Krungbin, um, Trombone Shorty, of course, who's a, a big favorite everywhere he goes. Uh, Kamasi Washington, Lettucey doing her uh, Nina Simone tribute. 
Andrew Day, who did a marvelous job in the United States versus Billie Holiday. Oh, yeah. Um, to everything to uh, a vibe summit with uh, Warren Wolf, uh, Joel Ross, and Sasha Berliner. You know, so, you know, we can sort of think of them as the Lionel Hampton, Milt Jackson, Bobby Hutchison of our time, you know, and they'll be accompanied by the Emmett Cohen Trio. And uh, Emmett's Trio is, they're, they're hot these days. So we got a little bit of everything. Yeah, I know. Emmett's kind of like you. There's not a recording these days where either you're the leader or you're on that recording somewhere, somehow. Uh, yeah, Emmett, Emmett's something else. Yes, indeed. And then I also understand there, there's some guy named Christian, I think Christian McBride, and he's got some sort of situation going yeah, on. Yeah, he's, he's always got a situation going on. That that's a now. Are you having? Because that, if I understand the situation correct, uh, it's an eighteen-piece orchestra. No, no, no. That, that's no. my big band. That's the yeah. big band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A situation is just uh, six pieces. Six pieces. Yeah. Does that include uh, Keith Loftus? He has been in that group. Um, it'll be Ron Blake this time. Uh, Ron usually has played in that group. Actually, Ron Blake has been my main tenor player for almost every band I've had since 1999. Uh, mm -hmm. but he'll be there, the vocalist, Allison Williams, uh, two, two turntablists, uh, DJ Logic and Jahi Sundance. And uh, generally, Patrice Russian plays piano and keyboards, the legend herself. But uh, unfortunately, she was unavailable for Newport. So James Francis is going to be playing piano and keys with us. And uh, he's also going to be playing with Chris Potter's group on Saturday. So he'll be doing double duty. Well, it sounds like it. And uh, the again, the lineup is, is fantastic. And it goes from early in the day to late at night. Uh, and it's, I think, uh, one of the best festivals, uh, and certainly the, the first in America, definitely the grand the granddaddy. It is. Know. So, uh, are you uh, planning on uh, being around uh, as long as George has been? Not by I age. Would, I, I, I sure would like to be. So, well, we'll put in a good word for you when it comes time for contract negotiations. Thank you. <laughs> and hopefully, you won't have to go into free agency. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I don't know uh, who would yeah, be I'm, next. I'm not, I'm not quite interested in testing the open market. There you go. Well, besides, like, you've got... I like my team. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it's all about team, especially for a festival as large as this is. It is so huge in terms of all the contributing factors and the people that make this happen. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have a, a great staff. We, we have team members who have been there for years, people like Darlene Chan and Deborah Ross, uh, who, people who have been with George for the last 50 years or so. And uh, Jay Sweet came in as the executive director, uh, I believe, 10 years ago or close to 10 years ago. And uh, he's done an amazing job with the Folk Festival. And, uh, you know, he's he has had a rep in the music world for quite some time so uh i think the team is pretty strong so in terms of you stepping in at newport festival do you consider yourself more of a guardian or more of an innovator yet to come um i'm not sure i even think of uh of myself as either one of those two 
if I were a guardian, I think I would um, I would be more conscious about what would George do, right? Mm -hmm. And George is sort of like, I don't need you to think about that because you already know what to do. You know, do I, I, I got you because you have something that I like. What you have is kind of, you know, we see eye to eye on a couple of things. So, so just do what you've been doing, you know, um, in terms of, uh, innovation, I think innovation comes, um, when a couple of basic elements come together and you get that eureka moment and you say, Hey, maybe I should try this, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I say that to say my antenna is always up just waiting to see what's, uh, what the next ideas are, you know? So do you like then uh, at this point the direction uh, that Newport is taking and, and that you will be sort of an influencer for its future? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I believe that, uh, I mean, I like to think that all the jazz, all the, all the musicians that come to that festival, like I said, they know me. You know, we, mm -hmm. we all have history. I like to think that if they know that I'm there, it's going to be okay. And they'll be willing to they they may be willing to go that little extra mile because they you know because we have the relationship mixing and matching certain artists and you know maybe asking someone to go sit in with someone else you know there's always been that romantic idea about you know we like to see something that's not on the paper well you know musicians aren't going to do that number 1 if if they don't feel like it hmm. number 2 uh if they're unaware of sort of like you know, it's like the jazz artists don't often get the opportunity to present their band on a big stage all the time. So when they have that moment, hey, I'm playing the Newport Jazz Festival with my band, their first thought isn't, nor should it be, well, let me not just play my music. Let me just have a big jam session and let everybody join in. We No, we, we do that all the time, right? But if you're at a festival like Newport and you see your friends on this stage or someone on that stage, like, you know, you might pull your horn out and know that some promoter is not trying to take advantage of the situation. That's sort of like, Hey, McBride's here. He he might go sit in or he knows the situation. He's not going to let it get out of control. So yeah. Okay. I'll do it. You know? So, uh, I think the personal contact is really, really makes all the, the personal relationships make makes a big difference. Well, I would think so. And, and somebody like yourself in this role, uh, I'm sure you're finding it uh, a very, uh, I wouldn't say maybe easy, but uh, a, a not uh, so difficult thing to assemble all of the artists that you need and want for the type of festival that you're putting together. I'm sure there's not somebody over on the West Coast or in Chicago and saying, hey, uh, uh, McBride's on the phone. Uh, yeah, I'm, tell him I'm not available. Or, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen for you. I look, I, I sure hope not. I sure hope not. Well, And uh, I'm, all, I'm also very careful of... Uh, the you know I want to be careful that sometimes there's an expectation that because I have these personal relationships that I will call in a favor quote unquote mm -hmm. and I don't do that I don't do that I mean depending on I mean you know a favor for me is like hey we ask you to play a 75 minute set but can you play 80 minutes instead you know to me that's a favor 
hey, we originally asked you to play at one o'clock, but can you play at 12 o'clock instead? You know, but when it comes to like, hey, can you play in three bands, but I can only pay you the <laughs> amount of money I would pay you to play in one band. No, I'm not doing that, you know. Right. And that that's only fair and uh, as it should right. be. And I think I think jazz artists all the time, it was, you know, it's bad enough we don't make that much money. So, I mean, you know, comparatively speaking to the to the entire, you know, you, you, you look at the whole music landscape. Jazz artists have always been at the bottom of the barrel, not not saying we're, we're poor, but we surely will not ever be seeing Jay-Z or Kanye money. That's just never going to happen. So I want to make sure my 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 uh, family members get paid. Indeed, you know? and that's that's how it should be. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, Christian, uh, with you at the helm, uh, the Newport Jazz Festival is sailing well and uh, will continue to uh, take this journey into the future. And however long you are with it and influencing uh, part of it, uh, I'm sure that it will continue that track of success that it's had all these years since 1954. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much. And I uh, will tell you that uh, at this point, I'm sure everyone will be excited, even though it's somewhat of a limited festival, it's going to be a bang up, incredible good time as it always is. Oh, hey, listen, when, if you're there, I don't think you're going to feel that, you know, it's, 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 it's a half capacity. You know, I, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a big party. It definitely will be, and it sure beats cardboard figures out on the lawn. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, Christian, I, I thank you for your time today. And one last question before I let yeah. you go. At the end of this, when the dust settles and it's all over at the end of the festival, what do you hope or what is your expectation for a takeaway? I just always want people to come back. I, I never want them to be disappointed to the point where, like, of the Newport Jazz Festival, you know, I, I can't really figure out what it is. I'm not sure I want to go back. I want the experience to be, I mean, it, it's not just the music. You know, I mean, a festival is about the entire atmosphere, you know, the park itself, uh, the vendors, the people. You just want to make an atmosphere that makes people want to come back again and again and again. Indeed, indeed. Thank you so much, Christian, for your time today. And more importantly, for being a guest with us here on All That's Jazz. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with Christian McBride, Artistic Director of the Newport Jazz Festival. We'd like to thank Ben Sedrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.